Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, I want to spend all of our time squarely in the running category because we're going to address what to do if your race has been canceled. Many of you listening, many runners who are listening, have had a race either postponed or canceled in the last week or so, and I want to talk to you about what to do with that. I've brought some of the best running coaches I know to the table to discuss things like mindset and the psychology of what happens when you invest a ton of time and effort and you sacrifice for weeks and weeks and weeks and then the event gets taken away. I want to also go over what to do with your training. Like, do you finish the cycle out? What is this reverse taper thing everybody keeps talking about? We're going to cover that as well and also talk about what fall racing looks like given that all the spring races are being canceled. This is a very tactical episode and it will also help your mindset if you are a runner. This is not the first time races have been postponed or canceled. It's just the first time that everybody's race has been postponed or canceled at the same time. So thank you to the many running coaches who participated in this episode. You're going to hear from each and every one of them. And without further ado, what to do when your race has been canceled, mastermind style. Guys, there is absolutely no better way to kick off this episode than with my friend Jack Brunex, who is the director of cross country and track and field at Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Jack is a talented athlete in his own right and a wonderful husband and father. He has got the right talk for us, coach style, as we go into this conversation. Listen up to Coach Jack. I feel for all runners who have trained for 12 to 18 week blocks in preparation for a race that has now been taken away from them. Psychologically, I feel the vast majority of these runners who have persevered through their grueling training cycles will also find the light at the end of the tunnel. This whole situation, in my opinion, is bittersweet. Very, very bitter right now at this moment, but it could be very sweet at the tail end. The majority of runners will use this as fuel for their fire and will find even more success from their next race. As strange as it sounds, because of this, in a way, I can see how all of these canceled races could be viewed as blessings in disguise. Some may argue, but this is the most prepared that I've ever been for a race. My response is, is it it the most prepared that you could ever be? At this moment, it may not be what they want to hear, but I truly feel we're capable of more than we give ourselves credit for. And sometimes, unfortunate incidents like this help us to dig deeper in the future to find out what, what our potential may be. On the flip side, I feel that there will be a small percentage of newer runners that will take this as a sign to hang their shoes up. I hope that other runners around them help to encourage them to stick with it. Running is a constant battle of perseverance regardless of what your talent level is or what your experience level is. We accept that, embrace the challenges ahead, and support each other along the way. The entire running community is a blessing to be a part of. We will not stop or be slowed down. We will run on. We were born to run.
Liz DeLise is a RRCA certified running coach. And you guys, if I only had a minute for this show, I would probably just play her recording because she nails it inside of a minute. Listen as this running coach gives us the advice that we need and the positivity we're looking for. Hi, this is Liz DeLise with Rambling Mom Runs. I am an RRCA running coach and an ASCA swimming coach. And in regards to everything that's going on with COVID-19 and races being canceled left and right, and we'll listen to your training and how have you been doing with that training. And I say, go for it. Go out there, do a virtual run, medal or not, go and accomplish your goal. However, you also need to listen to your body. So be true to yourself in that. Also, now is a great time to reevaluate and look at your goals, what you want to do if maybe you're going to push back to the fall and do your race in the fall instead. Now is a good time to be working on your core work, your form work, those sorts of things, things that us runners tend to put to the side and work on those things. So good luck, everyone out there. We're going to make it through this and you're all going to be strong, great runners. The next part of this episode is a roundtable discussion with myself and two other running coaches. You guys, I got the cream of the crop. Check this out. From Run Better Academy, I've got Dr. Matt DeBull. Dr. Matt is a physical therapist who is also a self-proclaimed total runner nerd. He's got a passion for helping people achieve their goals. He works with folks that are beginner. He works with folks that are elite. He works with the young, with the old, and he is a talented athlete in his own right. Five-time All-American from Georgetown University and 2008 Olympic Trials Qualifier. Wow, we joined by Dr. Matt is also Coach Chris Kennan, and I know you guys recognize her from season one of this podcast. Season one, episodes nine and ten follow Chris's journey to losing over 100 pounds and becoming a very talented triathlete. You probably didn't know. She's also a RRCA certified running coach and race director. She's got over two decades in the fitness industry. All right. Welcome, Coach Chris Kennan and Dr. Matt DeBull to the Run, Lift, Mom podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here to discuss what in the world we do with our training since all of these races have been canceled. So, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for inviting us to join. Super excited. You guys, this is the dream team right here. I love it. This is what abundance mindset looks like among those serving the running community. Chris, girlfriend, tell us why people are disappointed or frustrated by these races being canceled. Oh, I can totally relate. So we work really hard. A lot of people, a lot of runners, when they're training for half marathons and marathons, I mean, it's it's hours and weeks and months of training for something for a goal. If it's a first time or if it's a PR or if it's a distance, whatever it is, it's a lot of sacrifice from your personal and professional life to being poured into these goals. And then right when you're ready to go and make sure it happens and everything's been tuned and lined up and it's canceled. And then you're like, uh, okay, what's next? Um, what am I supposed to do with all this training? My heart, I'm so upset. Like now what? 
Um, so I, I can totally understand that happened to me with my first half distance triathlon. I trained 10 months for it. Boom, canceled due to a hurricane. So I, I can completely empathize, sympathize. And um, the thing is, is you just, you, you didn't waste your time. You didn't waste your, your efforts. And it's, it's not for nothing. That's for sure. Can you speak to it as well, Dr. Matt? I think, Chris, it's so nice to hear from someone who has been there. Um, your first half Ironman was canceled due to a hurricane. Can't control the weather. So you've been there and you've come out on the other side. Dr. Matt, I know you coach a variety of runners from you know beginners to Olympic hopefuls. You've been in this running thing for a while. Tell us, um, you know, why are your athletes frustrated? Yeah, so it's a great question. And I think, Chris, you hit on it. You know, there's that disappointment with, oh my gosh, was this training all for not? I cannot believe I've committed this many months to, you know, achieving my goals. But, you know, uh, even, even in addition to those things, what's interesting is, especially when you get that notification, your race is canceled and it's still months away, I think it kind of derails your whole running routine, you know, your whole life routine, you think, oh my gosh, I've anchored this into my, my, you know, daily approach. Does that mean I have to give it up? Um, do I still need to stick with these workouts? Um, uh, you know, the training groups that maybe you've joined to, you know, have that kind of social interaction, is that going to go away? Um, you know, so I think when we, when we consider why do you sign up for the race in the first place, it can certainly be for, you know, one of those PRs or um, to, to, to definitely try something new and, you know, tackle a new distance. But there's some other things that are around that, which might be related to, oh, I want to be a good example for my children. Oh, I want to make sure that I can travel the world and see new places. And, and all that goes away too. So I think it's, it's an individual um, uh, experience when these races are canceled. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I know collectively we are all hurting and trying to figure out, okay, where's my new compass? How do I get back on track? Um, and that's where I feel like, having somebody, uh, you know, to go along with you in that journey is so powerful um, because we don't, we don't know what happens um, inside of a training cycle, you know, prep, preparing for a race, a whole host of things can happen. And while canceling a race is the exception, I think, you know, well, here, here it is, we're experiencing it now and um, how do we deal with it? You know, Matt, you yeah. bring up a great point, not only that we should know our why and why we signed up for it to begin with, which is not totally departed from the race experience, but, you know, surely we have a why, like you mentioned, being a great role model for your kids. I, I love, though, that you're also bringing up, hey, guys, this is probably not the only time your training cycle is going to be interrupted. It's just that it's happening to all of us at the same time. That's the unique thing here. That's yes. right. Ah, so, Chris, I want to bounce back to you and ask, because you've been through this before, and now, of course, you are coaching your community through what everyone is experiencing. May I ask, how did you or how can we make the most of our training effort? Let's get tactical. Like, what do you do once you've seen that it's been canceled? Do you keep training or what? <clears throat> Well, um, locally here, I'm not sure where Matt is, but Susie and I are, are local and a lot of the races kind of were canceled abruptly with a week, two weeks um, before race day. And um, so you're already in your taper before the, the race. Um, what, I, what I 
<laughs> would recommend is not to just drop it and say, well, you know, I'm done, it's over, uh, but to continue to, your fitness, however, do it smart and safely. Um, you've put a lot of miles on your body and that's a lot of stress on your muscles and your joints and your tendons and um, just be smart with that reverse taper um, to make sure that you kind of give your body the time it needs to heal because you have put so many miles on it. Now, if you're one of those people who have canceled races that are months out, um, that's a different story. You're probably not as far along. And I would, you know, encourage to continue with your training, keep your fitness up and, and same, even if it was just canceled with a week out, you know, do your reverse taper, find another race that's going, I'm, they're not going to go away completely. This is just something that we're experiencing at the moment, but it's not the end of the world. And fall, like you said, fall races will be coming up. And so you need to refocus and retarget and, and start uh, backwards training and planning, so to speak, when that new date is. And, and that's when a coach comes in handy too, because if you're not experienced in that, experienced in what a reverse taper is like, it really can help with injury prevention and not have any more setbacks along the way. Um, but just definitely, uh, you know, you stay focused, stay positive, stay motivated, readjust your goals, realign your fitness with those goals and make sure that you, you stay positive and, and continue to keep that why in focus. I'm going to ask Dr. Matt if you will walk us through. So there are people listening, right, that are not exactly sure what a reverse taper is. Um, and so I want to ask you ask you to, to walk through that. I also want to ask you, I'm sure you've got some athletes that, for example, are training for like Boston. Um, that was mid-April, but here we sit a month out. Like they're not at the peak of their training like maybe someone at the end of the month would be. So Matt, Dr. Matt, what's your advice to those folks? Is it okay if I keep calling you Dr. Matt? I'm just so excited to yeah, have a doctor great. of physical therapy <laughs> on the show. Um, <laughs> I'm tooting my okay. own horn every time I say your name. Um, will you walk us through like what your advice is kind of, you know, for those that maybe had a race next week versus next month? And then what exactly a reverse taper is if I'm some idiot off the street who has never heard the term? Sure. Sure. Well, I don't think, I don't think just because you don't know what a reverse taper is makes you an idiot. So let's clarify that. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a term that will kind of span, I think, a number of different scenarios. Um, but a lot of us are familiar with the term taper. And that's when we try to reduce some of the intensity and volume of our workouts um, in preparation for uh, getting our body to peak at a specific time. So that's what a taper is. So if you consider a reverse taper, it might be that, okay, um, now I'm in this phase where I don't have to peak. And so I'm going to go with a broad definition here. I'm in, a, I'm in a phase where I don't have to peak. I might actually still be pretty fit, but I'm still going to re reduce my intensity and my volume. Um, to maintain some of that fitness level, which actually takes quite a bit less effort um, just to maintain. So you can think of it as I'm gonna slowly either ramp down my intensity and volume over the coming weeks, like as a, a true reverse taper, or you can think of it as a reverse taper um, building back up slowly. And I think that's kind of the term that most people are using it for is the build back up slowly after like a hard race or hard effort. Um, because it typically follows after one of those, 
you know, Herculean efforts in, in your main race and you want to have a little bit of recovery time and then slowly rev back up slow um, into your normal training routine. Um, so that would be, that would be kind of how we use it. Um, but either way, I think it's just, it's just a, it's a tool to use so that you don't go in, do too much, injure yourself um, or set yourself up for some sort of failure with, with, uh, you know, injuries, illness, um, or mental burnout. Right. Right. So what about um, and I can go with, uh, yeah. How about those athletes that are, are training? Like I use Boston as an example, just because most people know that that race famously run in April will be in 2020 for the first time run in September. So obviously these folks have a good bit of time between now and their, you know, in theory, their next race effort. What are you saying to those folks? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's kind of a shock when you see that a race is canceled uh, seven weeks out. And I, I'm in that position. I was planning on running Boston this spring, which means uh, I'm going to have to to change how I'm I'm training. I have athletes who are planning on running Boston this spring. They're going to have to change as well. And I think a lot of major uh, the the world major marathons are are having to be uh, rescheduled for the fall. So it makes for an interesting scenario when. Tokyo gets canceled, London gets canceled, um, and, and now Boston. Those are the three main ones in the in the spring. So now they're clustered together for the fall. Um, what's interesting is when when we try to consider maybe the the why behind even doing those races, and if they want to pursue it with the new proposed uh, schedule date for September, we have to say like, is it feasible? You know, so we're always readjusting. We we, we say that we have this performance formula. We like to set SMART goals. So, I, you know, if you know the, the acronym, SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound Goals. We try to set up the proper training around those goals and then support that training with good recovery efforts. So goals, training, and recovery create the performance. And I think, you know, we're going to have to make sure that people don't just keep training at the same intensity from now until September. That is a recipe for disaster. We still have to enter into our very well-crafted micro cycles, um, make sure that we um, you know, have an appropriate season cycle to, to the rest of 2020, even though the races are being moved. So really it's a, it's a chance for us to reevaluate the goals and, and decide, hey, how, how do we then approach this? You're right. You might be in pretty good fitness right now. You're not in peak performance type shape. So I actually feel like it's an advantage when we get a little bit of this, you know, seven week cancellation notice because we can rev things back down, enter into a nice maintenance mode, maybe do some summer races and then rev back on up, um, maybe using even an abbreviated cycle, depending on, on how far along people are. I love that specific. Um, Chris, I'm going to compliment you. If my memory serves me correctly, when your half iron got canceled, that's exactly what you did were some shorter distance, tri distance tries and really work on your speed and just do some other things prior to your new cycle beginning. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. And that extra time, while at the moment when it was canceled, I was upset, but that extra time was, was really good because I think it, it made me stronger. And I, I think I perform better having the next race down the road than I would have at that race, just because of the time that it gave me to to work harder and even have more recovery time. So it, it really was like a, 
kind of a blessing in in disguise a little bit. And so there's light at the end of the tunnel. Everyone can look at it in a different light. Whereas, you know, you, you could use this time to get better, to get stronger, to get faster, or maybe additional recovery time. If you have some nagging injuries or, or something's just coming on, it's really, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's good time to readjust and reevaluate what's going on with you and how you're and I'll racing. P- I'll piggyback on that too. I mean, I think there's, you know, the silver lining that we search for, but there's also sometimes that silver lining that's fairly obvious uh, where, where people feel like they're not adequately prepared. They're not ready. Um, you know, they've, they're doubting themselves for whatever reason, you know, we're coming out of a pretty, um, pretty terrible, uh, you know, flu and cold season from the winter. Sometimes that disrupts your training significantly. And you kind of say, Oh, you know, this is a godsend that the race was canceled. I don't have to <laughs> yeah. go through with it. Um, you know, and so sometimes it's a little more obvious where, where we say this is, this is actually a, you know, a true blessing. We, we, we want to take this as a gift and, uh, and, uh, you know, see it from a positive perspective. Yeah, that's, that's right. I love that. So opportunities, guys, if anyone is listening, right, and you're a runner and maybe you had a race that was canceled, think about the opportunities. Do you have another opportunity to do your, quote, dress rehearsal where you're going to wear all your gear that you're going to wear on race day and play the same playlist if you listen to music and that kind of thing? Guess what? Now you get another one. Or if you miss that, now you get to do it when the timing is appropriate to everything from if you didn't hit all of your runs, now you've got a great foundation that you can build on in that micro cycle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So guys, we know that a lot of people are going to be just doing the right, doing the um, run anyway. And side note, we know there's a difference between racing and running. Um, we know that a lot of people, for example, are going to say, you know what? I trained to do 13.1 miles. I'm going to get in a safe environment and I'm just going to do this 13.1 miles, darn it. Um, what would your recommendations be? And uh, Dr. Matt, I'll ask you to, to speak on this first. What would your recommendations be on how to plan a safe community run, not only for individual considerations, as well as if you're doing it with a group? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I know when race cancellation emails go out, there's usually one to follow saying, well, you know, we're going to do it virtually and we encourage everybody to still participate. And I think that's great because you still want to be connected into that kind of like social experience. Like I'm part of a big group, like we're all going to do this together. And I, and I love that. And with the tech these days, I think there's also that opportunity to share, you know, you can show your Strava route. You can, you can prove that you did it with your GPS watch. Um, all those great things um, still exist and, and, you know, we don't lose out on that. But I think you also speak to a good point with safety. I think we need to be doing this safely. Um, a lot of times during races, you know, something like a half marathon or, or a full marathon, there's a tremendous amount of uh, coordination that goes into supporting the runners and having a safe experience. So that's road closures, that's aid stations, that's um, medical personnel. And so I would say that if you feel as though you're going to be compromising your safety, trying to participate in a virtual run, that the best and most prudent thing, the smartest thing to do is just to back off and hold off. Um, you know, we don't want to be jeopardizing our health just to participate in something like this. We want to be medically supported. We want to have, you know, the safe roads to, to compete on. We want to have good race conditions. Um, so I, I think safety is first and foremost. But if you are able to get over those things, if you have a nice route that is a familiar route to you, um, uh, you can set up aid stations. You know, you can 
certainly support yourself. You can get friends and family to help you. Um, and you can certainly pull on the, on the running community. If you have some running buddies who, um, can run a similar pace for that distance, I think it's, it's totally appropriate to go and participate. It's just that, um, you know, know that you may not be able to shoot for that PR, you know, with the same goals. Um, you may not be able to control every aspect of that race course. You might have to stop at a stoplight or, or cross the road safely or wait for a train. I mean, all those things happen. So, um, don't get too frustrated with that experience. Know, know why you're participating virtually. And, um, you know, I, I think if you can, you can, uh, you know, lean on basically the, the strength of that running community, um, that social experience and, and keep that picture in mind, not that you're going to go out and set a PR, you're, you're going to have a much better experience at the end of the day. I could not agree more. You touched on everything that I would have spoke on with a community run, or even if you just run by yourself, safety is obviously most important, but, um, definitely just making sure that you reach the goal that you set for yourself and doing it safely and, and then rewarding yourself for it because, um, yeah, social, social sharing is rewarding yourself. Um, it's, it's being proud of what you've completed and, and how you've done it. And I think it's, um, a great idea to be able to go out, still do it virtually with a community or with a, a group or to do it on your own. Um, but safety of course is number one. I think you hit all the points perfectly. Yeah, I want to nerd out with you guys for a second. So we know that these majors are now going to be rescheduled into the fall. Um, I'm curious how you think it affects large races like Chicago in New York. I mean, not for a runner like me, you guys, like I'm just whatever. Um, I'm, I'm your average Jane runner. Um, but how does it affect the competitive field for those fall races that are usually in the fall? Well, now they're all together. Now all of them are in the fall. And a lot of those com competitors are using this. I mean, it's, it's their profession. So now you have to pick and you have to choose. And they're all together competing against one. another. I'm sure it's very strategic. I'm like you. I mean, I'm not even as fast as you two see. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that they're all trying to gather their, their minds and around what's going on and try to be strategic now, which routes are the best, um, how to train for those routes, um, and, and who they're competing against. The competition is probably going to be a little more stiff. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine all the things that are going through. And then not only that, but the, the races themselves, they have the sponsors and the businesses that support them. And even the, amateur runners like myself who fundraise or got into the lottery, now um, you, you kind of have a, a bigger pool to select from, which can really be a damper on the business of the races a little bit. Um, yeah. That's just, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, there, there's no doubt uh, still um, uncertainty around the situation, you know, considering even when, when and if the Olympics are held, because that, that basically falls now in, in, in that same time frame, And, you know, so th there's a real chance that a lot of those competitors who signed up for London, Tokyo, uh, Boston, they're not going to be able to compete even in the fall because they, right. they've mapped out their year in a way that it, it was appropriate in the spring. Um, you know, and it could be that they choose a faster or different marathon, just depending on, 
what makes sense with their race schedule. Um, I think it certainly, like you said, Chris, is going to impact the business side just with the sponsors and coordination of efforts. I mean, I think it's a tremendous ask for those who organize these huge events to, you know, organize it twice in a year and then mm. come back around six months later and do it again. Um, three times in 18 months is, is tremendous. I hope it doesn't impact our, you know, any, any participants experience in that way, but I, I definitely feel like you're right, Susie, it's going to impact the competitive field, um, maybe prize money and, and, you know, restructuring yeah. of that. Um, you know, we got close to a world record last Berlin uh, in, in 2019 um, where Bekele missed it by two seconds. I mean, two <laughs> seconds. It, and I, I kind of think we're probably going to have a slower year anyway, just because of the, the marathon. But then again, then again, if, if, um, if the Olympics get, get canceled or postponed or whatnot, we might actually have like this, this crazy, um, you know, aligning of the stars where the best athletes who are the fittest are going to these world majors and trying to run world records. And that could be really exciting too. So we'll have to see, I think there's, there, there could be good impact, um, with all of this. Uh, but, but likely it's just going to be, uh, you know, at, at this point it's still uncertainty. There's still unknown, unknown aspect to it. And, uh, I'll be checking the message boards. Like you said, I'll be nerding out to figure out where all these <laughs> athletes are going and where they think they're going to run best and, um, and keep close tabs mm -hmm. on it. We can hear you smiling through <laughs> through the recording <laughs> call. You're you're very excited about this. What I want to wrap up on is, um, you know, in your opinions, or if we can just talk about, should we be, if I'm a runner whose race has been canceled, should I be scouting out another race right now, or should I just be holding my horses and creating some sort of self reward for the training effort I have already put forth? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, I think there's just a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, races have been canceled all the way up through, you know, April. And like you said, with Boston, it's, it's some people are holding on to their money and not wanting to sign up for anything until things clear up. Some people are, are searching. Uh, it just depends on the person and individually. Um, from my perspective, I'm, I'm about to delve into the world of race directing and I'm looking at putting on a race in the fall and I'm a bit concerned because everyone's from a business perspective and sponsorships, even registrants are going to be holding on to their money because of what's going on. So um, I really just think it's individually. If, if, if you feel like this is going to be over in 30 days, you might be searching for that next race. If you're someone who's a little more concerned and think it's going to be lasting a little bit longer, uh, you, you might be looking out in, into the fall. Um, but from, from a runner perspective, um, I personally, I would hold on to what training I do have and, and, and st start looking at a race in the early fall when they start happening and then start planning toward, toward that race. And like I said, back earlier, backwards planning based on when that date is. Um, but I think there's just so much right now going on. It's, it's very, everything's kind of undetermined at the moment. Yeah. Can you tell yeah, Matt Chris. that Chris is a, a military, uh, has military background <laughs> when she says backward oh, yeah. planning? <laughs> we oh, know well, this, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. And I think that's a buzzword for me too. It's a, of course, it's how you have to plan. I mean, I, I don't know how else to, <laughs> um, I agree. I'm not military, but man, that, that rings, um, in my ears too. Of, yeah. You guys had a date and I think people are looking for control, you know? So, um, 
in, in time of uncertainty, I think getting a, a race on the calendar, um, you know, another target to aim for, it, it does allow your schedule to fall into place a little bit more. And it could be a race it, just to have that, you know, race serve that purpose. It doesn't have to be that you're PRing or, um, you know, going for a best time or even putting in a, a training cycle where you're 100% committed. I think even if it was just to say, you know what, I want to keep my motivation. I want to be able to still plan. I, I, it, it's comforting to have something on the schedule. I would mm-hmm. do what you did, Chris, and say, aim for something in the fall. Let's just put some control around this um, and take a step back for right now and reevaluate. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. There are a lot of things, guys, that are out of our control right now, uh, but something that we can control is our attitude and how we approach this. And um, to Matt's point earlier, is this um, an opportunity? And I hope that collectively the running community will agree with us that it's yes. Chris, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the Run Lift Mom podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As always, yes. I've said it before, I will say it again, Valerie Hunt of Run RX is the gold standard running coach, especially when it comes to mechanics, form, and teaching running as a skill for injury-free running and movement. You guys, she's amazing, and you've heard her in season one, episode 52. You can find Valerie at runrx.fit. R-U-N-R-X.F-I-T. She's also got a YouTube channel with you guys, the most intense, wealthy, free library of running tools that I've ever seen. I want you to hear this clip from her with her permission from that episode 52. And it's all about what gravity-based running is. Why am I playing this at the end of the episode? It is because whether you decide to run your race virtually or with the community in a couple of weeks, or you decide to just wait until the fall and start up a new microcycle, you need to be working on your running technique. This is something that you can do in the interim as you're waiting for things to shake out. This is something that you can do in your home if you don't have access to a gym. This is really fantastic. You can be doing these skill drills. Again, it's RunRx, Valerie Hunt. Listen to her talk about gravity-based running. So people always think that I'm telling you not to heel strike. And the, the triangle of running, guys, it goes like this. You're in the running pose. Your body falls forward. You pull your foot up. You are actually keeping up with your body. So you make a nice little wheel. And what happens is it's like a piston. You pull the foot up off the ground. Gravity lands it. Gravity works with you like twice because it's helping you move whatever direction you're going. And then it also will land the foot for you. And it's incredible, but we get in our own way. Like imagine a sprinter, really good sprinter, not me, but like a real one. (laughs) And we'll say Usain Bolt. So he can cover a hundred meters in nine seconds, right? And think about that. And his cadence, guys, he's picking his foot up. His cadence is like 260. All right. The amount of muscle elasticity he's using is insane. But what's awesome is we all have that capability not to run at his pace, but to run like he's running where you utilize gravity, you develop muscle elasticity. So you're actually just falling forward and your foot pulls up and it's already a natural response. Your hamstring kicks in. 99% of runners I work with have never used their hamstring in their run. 
they use their hip flexor, their quad, they extend their calves. Maybe they're not like pulling. Like they're not pulling. (laughs) They're either pushing or they're reaching or both. I mean, it's just one or the other. And and the thing is, is that, you know, you think about it, if I don't know what the running pose is, then reaching to me is like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to extend my foot forward and I'll reach. But when you start to think about it, if my foot's ahead of me and my center of mass, my body weight is behind me, how can I then in fact move forward, right? I can't. Mm-hmm. You, you can only move forward where your body weight goes. And so as you start to work with your body weight, you start to realize, oh, I don't want to have three times my body weight ahead of my body. I want my foot to be under me, which is half my body weight. But the, in order to do that, guys, you have to let go of the ground. You have to let go of pushing into it and you have to let go of reaching for it. Thank you so much to all of the running coaches who contributed expertise and knowledge to this episode. You guys, this is an example of an abundance-based mindset and serving the community first. I appreciate you. I know this episode will be a blessing for those runners who are still trying to sort things out. We see you. We want to help you. And until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8. And this has been the Run, Lift, Mom podcast. Do you guys like free stuff? I know you do. Dr. Matt from Run Better Academy is offering a free Run Better Academy swag bag to anybody who purchases a training plan after listening to this episode. So go to runbetteracademy.com. You're going to see all of the information there, including Dr. Matt at the top of the coaches lineup. He can coach anyone at any level, high school through masters, beginner through elite. You guys, he works with people from all over the country. He's not only a talented athlete in his own right, he coaches all types of athletes. You guys take advantage of this resource. Thank you again, Dr. Matt, for coming on the show and offering this freebie to my listeners. It's time for the Red H Nutrition product of the week. This week, it is Zen Rem. You guys, I've been a Red H Nutrition athlete since November of 2018, and I tried all the other things first. You know why? Because I didn't think I needed anything to help me with sleep optimization. We know that sleep is very important for recovery and showing up to run, lift, and mom your best the next day, but real talk. I go to sleep like two minutes after my head hits the pillow. Nonetheless, I tried ZenRem just as kind of a, I'm going to prove to him it doesn't work. Back it up. Seven days later, I realized I wasn't achieving the deepest sleep that I could. I love this stuff. I have linked it in the notes so you can check out the ingredients. This is one of those products that heals your body at the cellular level and allows you to have the best rest that you can. That's ZenRem. Check it out in the show notes.
I know that time is your most valuable asset and I want to help you maximize it when you're thinking about preparing for a race. I am now offering training systems from the 5K, 10K, 10 mile, 13.1 mile, and marathon distance on my website. You can go to runliftmompod.com, select training, and check it out. Thank you for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. This began as a passion project in February 2019, and now, you guys, it is legit my favorite thing to do each week. Record with the guests that come on Run Lift Mom and then share their knowledge and expertise with you. I love this. I have done a lot of things right with this show. The thing that I've done wrong, I haven't asked you to rate, review, and subscribe enough. You guys, this is how other people find the show. So please do me a solid rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for being a listener of Run Lift Mom. You guys, I'm thrilled to announce a new partner on Run Lift Mom, and that is Audible. I've been an Audible member for over 10 years, and my favorite part, hands down, It's the gift of time. I use the free app to take notes as I'm doing my long run and I hear something fantastic and you are going to love it. If you want to try Audible free, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom. That's R-U-N-L-I-F-T-M-O-M. Again, for a free trial, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom.